creating a Dream 25 list of your ideal prospective clients, each of which make up 10% of your company's annual revenue. Inviting these probably out-of-reach prospects on your podcast as guests, building a relationship with them, and turning them into clients. Thinking of yourself as a journalist and your podcast as part of a media company. Today's episode is filled with practical advice and my guest's journey to making $2 million through his podcast. Today, I'm joined by the founder and CEO of a digital marketing agency called Predictive ROI, host of the Onward Nation podcast, a top-rated show for learning how business owners think, act, and achieve success. My guest today understands how to use podcasting to generate revenue. He wrote the book, Profitable Podcasting, in which he shares the secrets he learned in podcasting while building a $2 million venture from scratch. Most recently, he wrote another book titled Sell with Authority, Own and Monetize Your Agency's Authority Position. Stephen Westner, welcome. Thank you very much for the invitation, Noah. And I am very much looking forward to the conversation. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So thanks again for inviting me. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's a real treat to have you on the show because I finished your book, Profitable Podcasting, after a client recommended it to me a few years ago. Changed my whole mindset about podcasting and how we as business owners can use it to generate revenue. Stephen, I would love, and you've told this story before, but to me, it never gets old. I would love for you to tell listeners at what point in your business life you began to build that initial $2 million podcasting venture. Take us back in time to that moment when you looked at podcasting and you realized, okay, there is something here. This can be such a great tool to generate revenue. Yeah, I would love to say to you and your audience that it was some sort of, you know, great strategy built on a bunch of research. But if any of your listeners own their own businesses, and I'm sure many of them do, we all know the behind the curtain. It's not that way. There's a lot of unglamorous things that go into running a business. And the reality was, is that my business partner and I, you know, I, I had owned the domain name onwardnation.com, or I should say predictive, owned that domain name for, I don't know, a year. And I just had the idea one day and registered the domain. And then it just, I, we just kind of parked it for a year or whatever the time period was. Yeah. And then Eric and I, we were on site with one of our clients and, and we ended up losing that client. And, and so we come, came back from that multi-day intensive and we thought, Oh my goodness. Cause they were one of our largest clients. And so now we're like overstaffed and wondering like, well, where are we going to get our next client? And we had no idea. And so I was sitting at my, you know, dining room table on a Sunday in uh, May of 2015. And super frustrated and really worried and didn't know what I was going to do. So I would love to say it was a grand strategy, but the reality was is that we launched Onward Nation out of pure and utter desperation. And I didn't want to say goodbye to any of my teammates. I love my team very dearly. And so, you know, it was one of those moments where I like pounded my fist on the table and, and said, okay, we're going to, and I fire off an email to my team and I'm like, we're going to launch a daily show. We're going to call it Onward Nation. I'm going to interview the smartest people that I can find. And it's going to be the most amazing show ever five days a week. And we're going to launch it in 30 days, June 15th of 2015. Yeah. 
and sent off that email and closed my laptop lid and felt okay, felt really proud of the strategy, which of course is not a strategy that I just sent off to my team. And kudos to them. They're like, okay, Stephen's lost his mind. We don't know anything about podcasting. He's been a guest a couple of times, and that was the grand extent of my podcast knowledge. But true to form, they dug in, we launched a show. And then a couple of months later, after being into the show, one of our guests came to me and said, hey, could you do that for me? And I was like, do what for you? And he's like, could you launch me a podcast? Your show's awesome. Like, could you do that for me? And I'm like, yes, we can. You know, <laughs> like the typical entrepreneur would say. And, oh, then yes. I, and then it was like, how much would you be willing to pay? And, you know, kind of getting that figured out. And then we were off to the races because then a few months after we had launched that show, that same client came back to me and said, why aren't you doing this for somebody else? Like, my show's awesome. Your show's awesome. Like, why aren't you doing this for others? And I'm like, who? Who? Who would we do this for? He's like, oh, for Pete's sake, you host five business owners a week. Why don't you ask one of them? I'm like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. So then the Trojan horse was born. And, you know, we sold $225,000 worth of podcasting services in six weeks. I'm like, holy bananas. We're on to something. And that was six years ago. That is such an incredible story, Stephen. You know, sometimes the best ventures, the best businesses or podcasts are built amidst the, the ashes of defeat, to put it dramatically. <laughs> and, and it is kind of dramatic. You know, I, I know what it's like to, to be frustrated. But your strategy, the strategy that you outline in your book, Profitable Podcasting, and by the way, listeners, you can get links to all of Stephen's books, his podcast, Onward Nation. And I really encourage you to check out his company, Predictive ROI, via the links in the description of this episode. The strategy you outline in that book, Stephen, is meant to combat that frustration, that sort of rotating door of clients that a lot of business owners sort of run into. You talk about something called the Dream 25 List, and that has a lot to do with building relationships with guests on your podcast. For listeners unfamiliar with that strategy, could you just explain it a little bit for us? Yeah, great question. Uh, thank you for asking. And at a high level, it's I, I talk to agency owners, business coaches, strategic consultants. This is our tribe. Uh, we call that the ACC. And oftentimes, you know, if I ask the question, hey, do you have a Dream 25 list of prospects? They typically do not. And, that, and that's not me being critical. It's just the reality and the nature of being a business owner. Sometimes we just, it's like we're hustling to the next client, to the next project or whatever. And then it becomes this mad dash for biz dev when we lose somebody. And then somebody makes a referral and we're like, oh, great. You know, now we can make payroll. I mean, sometimes you know, early on in the business, that's the deal. And so the thought of being like having a moment to actually build out a strategic list of prospects, we all know that we should, but we don't. And so the Dream 25 list of prospects is actually being intentional about who it is that you want to serve. And like, who can you delight? Who's in the right niche or the right industry, however you want to define that? Where do you have some great success and delighting clients like them before? And uh, they're going to take full advantage of your smarts and you have the gifts and talents to just delight them, to just crush it for them, as opposed to the wrong fit client coming in with a bag full of money and saying, hey, could you help me, Noah? And then you know, you're squeezed to make payroll and you say, yes, you know you shouldn't, but we do. And then we pay the price for it later. Okay. 
So building out our dream 25 list of prospects are these are the dream clients that we would love to work with. And as my co-author and Sell With Authority would say, that they stay on the list and they're getting something from us every six to eight weeks until they file a restraining order or call you and say, stop getting in touch with me because my brother-in-law owns a whatever you do. So, you know, there's no way I'm going to hire you. So a Dream 25 list is exactly that. Who are the people that you most want to serve and and getting really intentional about it? And then you delight them every six to eight weeks until they decide to do business with you. And this Dream 25 list of prospects, oftentimes, number one, that these are people who you would love to work with, your ideal clients, listeners, who you haven't met before. You don't have a relationship yet, but that's why your podcast, the sort of Trojan horse of sales, allows you a foot in the door. And it really, I mean, the beauty of podcasting is exactly what Stephen's getting at here and has gotten at in his book, Profitable Podcasting. Podcasting allows you to build such an incredible relationship with your Dream 25 list of prospective clients. And the really cool thing, Stephen, about the Dream 25 list is these are people that you're investing in relationship-wise, because you know what? If they were to become a client or a customer of your company, they could make up a substantial portion of your revenue, say 10% per client, right? So you only need, maybe if you have a Dream 25 list, you only need a handful of them, one, two, or three, to really, I mean, for your business to explode, quite literally. Is that right? 100% in that 10% is uh, totally spot on that they have the ability to spend or excuse me, represent 10% increase in your revenue. Now we all lose clients, you know, every, everyone listening to you, you know, everybody has a retention. We don't have hundred percent retention every year is what I meant to say. And, and so, yeah, the dream 25 need to be big enough in order to represent a 10% increase in your revenue, assuming that you had 100% 100% retention just for ease of math. And in the way that in the reason why the Trojan horse works, when you reach out to the Dream 25, you mentioned not having an initial relationship and a podcast can be so brilliant as a way to open the door. But this is also a channel agnostic strategy. So maybe some of your listeners love listening to your show, but the thought of them having their own podcast doesn't, for whatever reason, that doesn't appeal to them. And there's lots of reasons it wouldn't appeal to them. But think about this for a second. Like, okay. The Trojan horse still works. Have a video series. Have a rockin' awesome blog. Write a book and you want to interview somebody for a chapter. Become a Forbes columnist and you or contributor and you want to write an article. So the Trojan horse works when we decide that we're going to interview our Dream 25 prospects for their smarts and insights for your content. It works. Channel agnostic. Doesn't have to be a podcast. But you do need to interview them. Why? Because it changes the game. You're no longer an agency owner, business coach, strategic consultant looking for a new client that meets 10% of the revenue goal. You're a journalist and you're looking for insights and wisdom that are going to be helpful to your audience. It's even better put lighter fluid on the strategy when your audience happens to be somebody you're doing 25, want to get in front of. And then it's like, yes, please. I would love to be on your show or whatever. I'm so excited about this, Stephen. This is so, this is the way. I mean, like I said, I read your book, Profitable Podcasting, a few years back, changed my whole outlook on, you know, the way that we can do podcasts. 
Once you've booked and conducted that initial interview with a prospect on your Dream 25 list, uh, for listeners who are not yet familiar with this strategy, what's next? The interview goes live. You know, you, you give them this white glove experience where you're in touch with them. Everything's professional. Your calendar links are, are good. The booking process is easy. They're getting confirmation. They don't have to jump through hoops. The interview's booked. It goes well. It goes live. Then what? How do you, over the next you know, few months, carry on that relationship? Yeah. Okay. So thank you for asking this question because this is where some business owners really get hung up. We're sort of like the Achilles heel. That's kind of funny, actually. We're talking about the Trojan horse and we just mentioned Achilles. Uh, anyway, uh, since he dies in the Battle of Troy. Anyway, so uh, the Achilles heel to this strategy is that you know, it's, there's the temptation to like turn off the recorder and then jump all over the prospect and try and, <laughs> you know, generate right. a lead and close the sale. Right. I have heard so many people do that. Like, you know, how, how soon, like, you know, as soon as I turn off the recorder, then, then it's no, 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 no. You do not turn the interview into a pitch fest. That feels yucky. Nobody likes it when it gets, when it happens to them. And guess what? It feels yucky when you do it to somebody else. So don't do that. It's really amateurish if you do that. Okay, so here's what you do do. So after that interview is done in whatever form that content's going to end up being, podcast, blog, video, whatever, doesn't matter. You take a golden nugget, an insight, a key smart thing that that person said, and you design what we call like a quote card. It's a nice little graphic with the quote of that person. And, and it, you know, John Smith said this, and, and it has a, li- a small little logo of you. It's all about their smarts, not you. And you get that printed really, really nice. And you mat it and frame it under glass and nice wooden frame. You send it to them with some nice packaging and so forth. And John, Sarah, really appreciate you being a guest on my show. Thanks so much for sharing your smarts with our audience. They get that. They're like, oh my gosh, can't believe Noah sent that to me. How amazing. They take a picture of it, of themselves with it, put it on Instagram and LinkedIn just because they love it so much. They're like, Noah, this is the best gift I've ever received after guesting on a show. Whatever. It happens to us. It's amazing when it happens. You're like, yes. Okay. So that's the first step. The second step is um, like six weeks after they receive the frame, we send them a book. Not our book because that, sell, that feels self-aggrandizing. We don't say, look at the amazing book we read. No. We send them a book from like a colleague or a friend that we think is going to be helpful to them. And so we oftentimes send uh, Content Inc. written by Joe Polizzi, who was the founder of, is the founder of Content Marketing World and, or Content Marketing Institute and then Content Marketing World. He recently had sold the business. But anyway, we send them that book. And then it's like, hey, Noah, thanks again for the great conversation. Speaking of which, chapter seven would be perfect for you and some of the things we talked about that you shared during the interview. You know, best wishes, Stephen, or onward with gusto, Stephen. Send it off. Okay. Every six to eight weeks, we're sending something. It's a book. It's an ebook. It's a tip sheet. It's a, you know, tagging them in social. It's highlighting their smarts in a Forbes article that we wrote. It's promoting them in email, making sure they get a copy of it. So there's all of these high quality touch points. Nothing schmutzy, no gimmicky. We're not sending any sort of like swag. Nothing with our logo on it. It's all about them. They don't get a predictive ROI t-shirt. Zero. They get good stuff. 
that would never be looked at as being promotional or self-aggrandizing. Okay. Then six months later, this takes patience. This is not like, boy, I need some immediate leads. Six months later, or whatever the time period is, I send Noah an email. And, you know, if you're our Dream 25 prospect, I send you a note and I say, Noah, thanks again for being a guest on my show. Really appreciated you taking the time to share your smarts, insights, and wisdom with Onward Nation. Super helpful. Hey, I was uh, re-listening to our episode. When you mentioned X, that made me think about Y. You know what? We do Y really, really well here at Predictive ROI. By chance, is there a day or time next week that we could sit down and talk about that? Because I'd love to share some thoughts with you. Noah replies and says, yes, please. And not because it's a persuasive sales pitch, because it isn't. It's about me being able to solve your X with our Y. And it's like, and if you solve X, you move your business forward. Uh, yeah, I think I want to do that because now Noah never felt like a prospect. It's two business people coming together to solve a problem. Boom, done. Because people remember how you made them feel. And when you're catering all of these, these things to them, you're giving them this great publicity, this great exposure. And I hope you listeners caught this. This is kind of one of the key pieces of, of the strategy here. Podcasting is often the entry point. It's not the only way to build a relationship with prospects on your Dream 25 list, but it's a good one. You are, the, the second you create a podcast and it's available to the world, you are not a podcaster. You are a journalist who runs a media company. There's a lot of different things you can do here. In a, once the interview with that guest is published, I mean, you could always invite them back on the show for some sort of you know, five-minute segment or another interview. But that's not really that creative. What is creative are some of the strategies that Stephen and his team have implemented, publishing ebooks, doing blog articles, LinkedIn posts, et cetera, et cetera. So you're promoting your prospect across numerous different platforms. Stephen, could you tell us about this concept of, and, and I'm really attached to it, this sort of media company idea. Podcasting is great, but what are some of the other platforms that one can utilize to augment and complement their podcast? Yeah, I, I think that there's so there's a really long list of missed opportunities. And and what I mean by that is I think it's really easy to think, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna launch a show and that's really all I need to do. You know, everybody in the world is going to be attracted to this podcast. And and then therefore, my door is going to be knocked over with all of these new, fresh, hot leads who want to do business with me. No, that is not how it works. Now Will they uh, hopefully be better as a result of the content that you have shared? I hope so. If you've structured the content in such a way that you're actually teaching them something new and that you're actually going to your audience with the sincere desire to be helpful to them, will they be better for every episode that they listen to? I hope so. Then, but, but not everybody wants to consume a podcast. As much as I love the medium, not, not everybody wants to like, consume content in that channel. So we have to think about that. And we have to make sure that we don't fall into the trap of being a one-trick pony, which means that if they don't consume your podcast, then they have no chance of being better as a result of your smarts. So let's take that podcast episode. Let's slice out four golden nuggets an episode. Let's turn those in, take those little video clips. Let's record both voice and audio like you're doing here. Let's take four of those golden nuggets in video form. Let's turn those into long-form LinkedIn posts. Let's take the little transcript out of that two to three minute clip and let's make that the content 
in the uh, long form LinkedIn post. We can max out at 1300 characters, upload the video natively into LinkedIn. And now we've got great content for at least a month, you know, right? Like a weekly post for a month. Awesome. Let's take the transcript now and let's turn that into email campaigns. Well, why don't we take our email campaigns and link them over to LinkedIn, right? So like, if you want to watch the video, I'm going to drive people over to LinkedIn. LinkedIn's going to love you for that, right? So don't like take them maybe over to a Vimeo file, your Vimeo channel, take them over to LinkedIn, right? Drive them over to LinkedIn. If you're not connected yet with me on LinkedIn, please do once you get there. Let's take those video clips, throw them into a Facebook group and start building membership around these amazing, smart, awesome insights that your guests are sharing you know, inside a private Facebook group. Let's take three or four episodes. If I'm going to interview Noah and Jack and Sarah and Beth, is there some commonality between those four super smart people? If so, I'm going to take all those golden nuggets and I'm going to put those into an ebook and further build out my resource library, right? I'm going to take, you know, Noah's smarts and I'm going to distill that down into, into a tip sheet or a checklist that now goes into my resource library, right? So, I mean, like, you and I could have a conversation for days around slicing and dicing and all of these missed opportunities so that the goal is that no matter what medium that somebody wants to consume and get better as a result of your smarts, LinkedIn, Facebook, podcast, video, whatever, that every time you turn around or every time your prospect turns around with a question, their Noah is being helpful. And it all came from your cornerstone of the episode. All you did was got creative on slice and dice and distribution. That's it. I love this process, Stephen, because it, it really is like magic. I mean, it's just so natural. It's just the, the ability to build a relationship with somebody, you know, oftentimes untouchable, somebody who is a busy, high performing, you know, executive, for an example, at some sort of company on your dream. 25 list, the ability to connect with them like this and build a relationship, invest with them and eventually reap the rewards. I think that is so cool and so incredible. Steven, you've done great work through predictive ROI, and I encourage listeners to check out the company website via the link in the description of this episode. You've used this process and still do at that company. Tell us a little bit about what you guys are up to at predictive these days. How are you guys generating these great revenue results for your clients. Happy to share that. So I'm just going to put a pin in that for just a second. Sure. And I want your audience, and I hope you don't mind that I share this real quick. Please. And that is, you know, I get 15 to 20 pitches a day to either guest on a show or have somebody guest on our show, blah, 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 whatever. Lots of stuff. Okay. What I don't get or a lot of emails from Noah's of the world yeah. who have read my book. And I am not like egocentric or ego-driven or interested in self-aggrandizing stuff. But when somebody sends me a note and says, hey, I read your book and it was impactful for these reasons, I pay attention to that. Not because I want to stroke my own ego, but because I'm interested in helping that person who read it. That's why we wrote it, to be helpful, not to make a gajillion dollars. So. That's the type of email that you sent to me. I'm like, okay, I'm taking interest in this now. Yeah. Then you have some conversation with Catherine on my team, who's our yes. director of ops, who I trust explicitly. And she's like, hey, you should talk to Noah. Like, I think he's smart. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to talk to Noah. We hop yeah. on a call. 
in Holy Bananas. Now we're doing stuff together. Yes. The Trojan horse works. Does. It just does. It does. Right? Okay. So to answer your question about like how are we still using this stuff today, I think what we've done is I think we've gotten so much better at the slice and dice than we were six years ago. Because six years ago, we we're, were, were all about the podcast. And now it's like now because of the work that Drew McClellan and I, Drew is the CEO of Agency Management Institute. So when he and I were writing the book, and we teach a lot of workshops together, when he and I were writing uh, Sell with Authority together and putting all this slice and dice stuff together, it was like super eye-opening experience for me. I went into the book as a podcaster. Yeah. I came out of the book as, oh my goodness, we can be doing so much better with our cornerstone content, which at the time happened to be a podcast. And like, this could lead to research, which, which is another piece of cornerstone. This could lead to a video series or this could lead to whatever. And then Eric and I, my business partner, who now you know, we thought, well, gosh, we could turn this content into like a weekly Q&A. What if we taught a weekly Q&A? How amazing would that be? And we're like, that would be amazing. So now we host a weekly Q&A called How to Fill Your Sales Pipeline. We turn some of that content into our Authority Sales Machine membership site. We build out a 90-day strategy process that we call uh, ASM Sprint. And all of this is coming out of the sell with authority methodology, which is not channel specific, it's channel agnostic. And it's been amazing. So all of those are different revenue streams. Do we still do the Trojan horse and use the Trojan horse? Of course we do. But now it's, it's, it's a very multifaceted strategy. I love that. I love that, Stephen. And I'll just encourage, going back to what you said uh, before you answered that question, I'll encourage all of you listeners, when you're looking to build a relationship with somebody, you have to be all in. You have to have a genuine interest in the work that they're doing. I had read Stephen's book, uh, Profitable Podcasting, before I connected with him. And you know, I eventually talked to his business partner, Eric, and Catherine, who's on his team, and I connected with him as well. And I had a genuine interest in a respect and admiration for him and the work that he was doing. And I knew that I had an interview coming up with him today. So I listened to the audiobook of Sell with Authority and I finished it before the interview because, you know, that's just one thing you can do. <laughs> Actually, reading your guests' books before you interview them on the podcast, uh, what a concept. But, anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. Stephen, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you today on the podcast. I understand listeners can get, there is a way for them to get a free copy of your new book that you co-authored with Drew McClellan, Sell with Authority. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? We have a, a link on our website where somebody can go and get a free copy. And just to be clear too, it's like a free bona fide copy, paperback copy. You don't have to pay for anything. You don't have to pay for shipping. It, it's not a PDF. It's, it's like we will literally ship you a free paperback copy. And, and it's so fun too. Like when we first put that out to our email list, I got a couple of emails not a couple. Gosh, I don't know. I think we ended up sending uh, several dozen books internationally. Yeah, but I got uh, some emails at the beginning. It's like, I'm in Australia. Will you send me the book? Yep. Uh, or I'm in Belgium. Will you send me the book? Yep. And awesome. so we did. So anyway, that was cool. Anyway, I will get you the link uh, that you can include. But it is a free bona fide copy of Sell with Authority. And we're happy to ship it to whoever thinks it might be helpful to them. 
Listeners, take Stephen up on that offer and follow the link in the description of this episode to get your free paperback copy of Sell with Authority, Own and Monetize Your Agency's Authority Position. Stephen, what a pleasure it's been having you on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I love the work you're doing. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, you're very welcome. And thanks again for the invitation. I should also say about the book, when you read the subtitle, it mentions agency. And, and, and Drew and I absolutely 100% without a doubt, we wrote it for the agency owner. That said, if you're in the B2B space, no doubt you will be able to read that book and say, I'm not an agency owner, but I'm a B2B marketer. There's a ton of golden nuggets in this book that I can take and apply. So please, if you don't own an agency and you would like to sell with authority, order the book and we're happy to send it to you. But, but again, uh, Noah, thanks for the invitation. It was a pleasure and a joy being with you here today. Thanks for the great questions and really loved our conversation. And by the way, we're going to be slicing and dicing <laughs> this episode and sharing it with our audience in the way that I described uh, before. So thanks for the great uh, material. Well, most definitely, Stephen. That's wonderful. Thank you again. Listeners, do yourselves a favor and spend 15 seconds reviewing the show notes, the description of this episode and checking out all of Stephen's fascinating and groundbreaking work. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're tuning in from. Yeah.